そうそうそうそう Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Luis Badillo. Luis, how are you? Hey, Bill.、Uh, county law.、Uh, it, I'm doing fine.、Uh, I am enjoying a pleasant vanilla Coke Zero. That's excellent. Of you.、Uh, I haven't had one of these in years, and I'm, I'm loving it. My pleasure, my pleasure. I myself, I'm enjoying a. Revolution Brewing Fistness,、uh, limited edition、Ooh. holiday brew of Revolutions. Is that, is, that's a Fistness? This is a Fistness.、Uh, is that an IPA? What's that like?、Uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's really light. I, I guess that's. I don't have a very good beer vocabulary.、Uh, hold, hold, let me, can I get a sip of that? Yes. Let's, let's do a live ta-、uh, taste testing for the audience. Okay. Oh, that's very light. That's. Um, it's, it's got some spiciness to it. Not, not, not like hot Cheeto spiciness, but like, you know, you, they've, 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 they've、uh, kicked it up a notch.、Mm-hmm. It's like a. It's like a. I want to I say an imitation IPA. Okay. I, I can believe whatever you tell me, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But it's great. It's like. I'll write my full review on luisbadillo.com. Gov slash video games. Video games. That edu. <laughs> All right. Yeah.、Uh, so, as a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Luis, I'll, I'll do that. Yes, please do. Luis,、uh, what games have you been playing?、Uh, hey, Bill. I've been playing games because I got a new graphics card. Excellent.、Uh, That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I, I, I、uh, took advantage of a Black Friday sale、uh, a week ago now.、Uh, there was a sale on GTX 1060s. Ooh. So,、uh, That's a pretty high end one, right? I mean, it's, it's, the,、uh, it's the low end of the high end, it's the latest generation of graphics cards,、uh, the, the, the GTX series.、Uh, The 1060, 1070, 1080,、uh, both kind of correspond to a low end, mid range, high end. And I got the low end one because it, it, it blows my old car out of the water. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm still having some technical problems with it, and I think that's just because my PC is a little old.、Uh-huh. So, whether like, get, get, like some games I have played forever. Just have trouble loading in, but what they, when they load in, they look really nice.、Uh, one of those games,、uh, not a graphical powerhouse, but one I've been playing all the same,、uh, has been Darkest Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon.、Uh, I'm familiar with that. I've seen a few videos on it. It looks pretty interesting.、Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's fucking hard. Okay, that, that's so, important that to on, know. That game like, hates you. <laughs> Oh man, Darkest Dungeon. Why do you... Well, alright. So, long time listeners, listener of the show. <laughs> There is more than one. I'm,、okay. I'm mostly sure more than one person. And, and I'm sure they're both thrilled to hear this. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I love you guys. 
shoot me a message on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, like, so a lot of fans of the show know that I like me a hard video game. Uh, and roguelikes. Uh, I, I mean, the, I think one of the first games, if not the first game I ever talked about on here, was Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember, yep. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I tend to enjoy games that are a little difficult. Um, Monster Hunter, another game that I've talked about. Um, so, Darkest Dungeon, I think, uh, if I had to give it, like, a portmanteau of games, it's a little, it's half XCOM, half, uh, Lovecraft. I mean, Lovecraft is not a game. It's just, it, alright, if I had to give it a dual identity, it's half XCOM, half Lovecraftian horror. Uh, Lovecraftian horror is, 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 is through the roof on this one. Uh, and it's an it's an XCOM like in the sense that you have a roster of characters, uh, each with different abilities and attributes. And the more uh, dungeons you go with through, uh, with them through the game, the more experience they get. But also they can die, and they can and they'll never come back. And from what I've seen, too, when you're in the dungeon where you spend a lot of your time, mm-hmm. it's like your characters move in a straight line. It's two-dimensional. Yeah, it's a 2D game. Uh, so, yeah, it's a 2D game, like I said, like heavily Lovecraftian, Lovecraft literature-inspired. Uh, so the classes are like, you know, Plague, Doctor, Occultist, uh, Leper, uh, uh, Crusader, uh it's it's doing it's taking like all these like fantasy uh classes and kind of then filtering them through okay what if these guys could lived in the world with uh unspeakable dimensional horrors not a place i'd want to be mm-hmm. to be honest no the dungeons look like they suck they would suck to be in um the the whole goal of the game is uh to level up a party uh strong enough to eventually take him to the darkest dungeon which is um uh, uh the, the the game has about four or five different dungeons and each one of them has missions that you would uh, uh select a party for and go through them and week by week you would uh do one each week you would do one mission at a time uh take your heroes through it see who comes back because uh, the, because the, these these dungeons are really hard uh, and yeah, love leveling them up and to take it into the darkest dungeon, which is supposed to be the deepest, darkest, dankest, uh, dankest, four twentieth dungeon of the entire game. Uh, like we talking about the hells here? Or are we talking about blazing? We're talking about blazing hell, oh, son. Boy. Okay. Brah, yo, brah. yo, this plague doctor's got some smokes for you here. Oh my god. Talk about invigorating vapors. Am I right, dog? Oh, are you oh! right? Okay, I'm done with this bit. Uh... So when I played XCOM, I played the original XCOM a bunch on 360, mm-hmm. and I would save scum like crazy, which is where you, like, anytime anything bad goes wrong, you oh, need to reload your last save. So this game don't let you do that. Oh, it doesn't? No, it's... Uh, like The number of times I've lost, like, high-level uh, characters in this game... Or like at least my higher end of levels, and like thought, wait, I've never, sa- I've never actually saved in this game. What if I just close out this this dungeon right here? Alt F four. See what happens when I load back up. It, it takes you right back to that battle. 
Oh, wow. It, it is a moment-by-moment save. And, like, it does not... That game does not forgive you for anything. Uh, the, the, the most interesting mechanics in that game are the uh, that straight-line system that you were mentioning. Because your party of four, um, they'll be arranged in a formation. Um, positions one, two, three, and four. Uh, one being closest to the enemy, four being back into furthest. Uh, and what's nice about the game is that there's not like a like, like, like a mana system or like a magic point system. You know, any attack you can do any attack or any ability you want at any time, as long as they're in the right position. Uh, and obviously, characters in the front are much more vulnerable than characters in the back. Uh, so. Enemies sometimes have abilities to, like, mess up the orders of those characters, which totally throws off, like, the balance of your party. And there are some characters that, I mean, you can move characters around, but you take up a turn every time you do that, unless they have an ability that, like, forces them forward. Like, the Grave Robber character has a lunge skill, and when she lunges, she she moves forward two spaces. Uh-huh. Uh, a Jester has a... a by, by the way, there's a Jester character in this game. It's pretty dope. Because like, because uh, he has an ability to start a solo, and when he does that, he knee he slides on his knees to the front of the line. That's okay. That's pretty great, actually. It's really pretty good. <laughs> like and like he's like he's got a little like loot strum animation, like wow, <laughs> and it's a status effect on on the enemy party. All right. And then once he's in the front of the line, he has a, a finale. Uh, move, which is, uh, which which then can affect a critical hit on an enemy and move, and it's just him doing a bow down, but then like I don't know spears fall from the sky, and then he moves to the back of the line as he's bowing, and then you hear an audience cheer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, the jester is such a good character, uh, but he's important in most of my parties because he is loot playing actually decreases the stress of characters and stress is a big deal in that game stress is a is a is a status or a, or a bar that builds up and if your character's stress builds builds up they can be afflicted with some sort of like illness like they can start going mad in the dungeon they can start becoming selfish or they could start feeling like masochistic and those status effects like remain for the till the end of the dungeon uh-huh. Um, so, like, let's say you're, you have a knight, he becomes masochistic. So every time, like, he takes damage, like, he'll just kind of revel in the damage and not take his turn. Or same thing if Bummer. he's... Or, or if he's selfish, he'll sometimes take a turn and do whatever the hell he wants. He could skip it, he can move elsewhere in the line, he can, like, just use any... Or use any ability. Um... And again, if those characters move around the line, it like messes up kind of the balance of that order. Unless your characters are equipped with skills to like move around. Now, see, that's reminding me a lot of XCOM because mm-hmm. something that would happen in that game is occasionally if you started losing the fight with the aliens, yeah. your characters would panic. Yeah, it's a lot like the panic mode, uh, except it like again, it's a stress bar that fills up to a hundred. And then (laughs) it's taking that panic mode and really cranking it up because after you fill up that stress bar to 100, there's another 100 to that stress bar. And if they're, like, way too high on that 
second half of the hundred while they're afflicted, they have the risk of having a heart attack. Oh boy. So oh, you can have a heart attack in the middle of the dungeon and once your character runs out of X, uh, HP, they uh, get in a they get on the death's door status, which means that the next attack has the possibility of killing them or the next thing that uh, damages them. So you can heal them for like one point of health and, and they'll be saved from death's door. Uh, but the thing is, you know, they could be in, at death's door already and then have a heart attack and then die. And I had like three characters die in one battle because oh, they were so stressed out. Uh, likewise, there's like an opposite of panic. Uh, your character has a chance for a virtue affliction. So like one like like one like one of them is like courageous. Another one can be ca- caregiving or virtuous. And then those, depending on which one they get, they could uh, affect, they could have status party effects, they could start healing every uh, round or whatever, uh, and boost up the character's morale. Uh, So, that game's stress, man, that game is stressful in both in-game and out-game. It is, it is, but I'm liking it a lot. It's a real meat and potatoes uh, RPG. And you said you're playing that on PC. Mm-hmm. I believe it's also available on PS4 and Vita. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've, I've heard those have weird user interface uh, problems. Right. And by, and by problems, I mean just kind of awkwardness navigating around that menu. Because it's... I've tried using a controller with it, it and it doesn't work. I'm going to give it a try anyway. I picked it up for Vita during the Black Friday sales. Probably when I'm just next traveling. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's it's... I uh, I don't know how you are for like the real meat and, meat and potatoes RPGs because a lot of that game is managing like status effects, uh, char- like character formation, health bars, just just like re like just super numbers heavy, uh, and and it gets a, it's a little hard to figure out at first, but once you're over that hump, it, it's I think it's super enjoyable. I think I'm gonna give it a try. Yeah, I'm I'm in for that kind of activity. Go for it, man. Yeah. How well do you deal with heart attacks? Poorly. Do you have health problem? Do you have hi- hypertension? Uh, not, not that I'm aware of. Well, just watch out, man. I, I wouldn't want my friend Bill to have a heart attack. Same. 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 Yeah. But, yeah, yeah t- totally play it, man. Let me know what you think about it. And, by the way, if you need some tips, I've become sort of a darkest dungeon aficionado. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, the other game you're playing, I feel like I might be able to give you tips. I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm so glad you brought this up because I am having such a tough time in Overwatch. Yeah? You're, you're playing Overwatch. Awesome. I'm playing Overwatch, baby! It looks really good. County Law! County Law! It's high nude in this county. County Law! Pew, 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 pew. That's my McCree. Uh, <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I love that game a lot. That's, that's... Holy crap. I wish I had been playing it longer. Or well, I'm 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 glad that I have it now with a nicer graphics card. I was playing it with my old one, and it ran smoothly, but like it sort of chugged along when there was a lot going on on screen. Uh, but wow, it's that game is rock solid, just uh, in terms of design, in terms of like the mechanics of a shooter, uh, in its presentation, everything about it. I'm 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 absolutely falling in love with. 
Right. I mean, everything that's there, it is surprisingly a little bit bare bones, but like everything that you do end up playing in that game, every mode, every character is like well thought out and has cool, interesting stuff to do. And yeah, that. yeah. And, and, um, and, and all the heroes in that game have like a lot of character. Like, like you can get a feel for kind of what they're all about just in their design and the voice acting. Uh, there, that game has a lot of lore and, and like the first day I bought it, I, I then started looking into like the meet the character videos that Blizzard has been putting up and kind of like all the like side story stuff. And it's, I'm, I'm sort of taken by it. Uh, there's definitely yeah. supposed to be tons of lore out there. Probably a bunch we haven't seen, but from yeah. the old like Titan game this was based on. Yeah, this was this was so this was that game, right? Yeah. So I could see a lot of how that game, or like if if that was a MOBA, I could see how a lot of that translates into this being a shooter, or I can even see them trying all these shooter mechanics into uh, um, some sort of MOBA-style game. Or, not MOBA, but, like, MMO. Um, massively multiplayer online type game. Because it does have a lot of the roles that you would expect out of a World of Warcraft. Like, this guy's a high-damage dealer. This guy's a, a tank. This person's a healer. You know, the three core ones. And then you have all these other support characters around them. I could see, like... And I can I I'm I'm just kind of speculating here, but they they talk a lot about this like, um like, robot war that happened in Overwatch. Right. Yeah. I I could see that being like the main story for Titan, and then all these characters were characters that you know like I don't know like in a in a raid mode could fight these robots in a in an MMO game, but it, I I can also see that not working very well. It's yeah we don't really have a firm idea on what that game was going to be just we know that the game they ended up making was pretty darn good mm -hmm. now may i ask you which characters are your mains right now right now right now uh okay as far as uh offensive characters uh i i think i've gotten pretty decent with mccree he's one of the he, he wasn't the first character i picked up i tried soldier 76 because he's essentially call of duty guy <laughs> Uh, which uh, which made me understand that I needed to see that game and be in that game for a little bit to understand these other characters before I picked them up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, McCree, uh, simple enough, six shooter, pretty far away. He's got he's got the Dead Eye ability from Red Dead Redemption. Um, I, I, I Sombra, the new the newest character, I like her a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see, defense wise, uh, Bastion and Torbjorn. Uh, pretty good defense characters. I like being a robot guy. Yeah, I I, I have a soft spot for those characters. I like Torb. Mm. I I love his voice line. Don't get your beard caught in a letterbox. <laughs> I, I I I'm actually using Torbjorn for like me like approximating some sort of Swedish accent now. Yeah. Like there's Verk de Bedon. <laughs> That's like his his little. I like oh, I like these characters a lot. Um. Let's see. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I, I really dig Anna. Anna? Anna, like, as a, as a sniper character. Because she's... I, I think she's a good healing character. Uh, the one that can stay in the back of the line, especially if you have a whole bunch of beefy characters. Like, she can be, like, very helpful. 
And uh, I just recently started uh, figuring out Lucio. Um, Lucio is probably my favorite yeah, character. He's pretty. He's he's a pretty good healer. I uh, I've as far as tanks go, I've been uh, figuring out Diva. Uh-huh. I really like Diva. She doesn't deal a lot of damage, but she could soak it up. Uh, and Reinhardt, that shield move is pretty dope. Um, those are my main so far. I I'm, I'm still like afraid to try out some of the more complicated characters like Zarya and I haven't even tried Widowmaker yet yeah I mean Widowmaker and like the sniper characters in general for me is like a big blind spot I don't really touch them mm-hmm. and Zarya I liked playing Zarya a lot but I understand they just put a big nerf on her to make her less effective oh okay so but her stuff yeah is all about like timing and kind of anticipating what's about to happen which can be a bit yeah. tricky early on I I I really, I really, like, like I actually was playing a lot of Overwatch today, uh, before I came here because like a thing I had canceled on me, so I thought I'm gonna talk about Overwatch, and I ended up playing a lot of Incree. Uh, I don't I I I really dig like McCree. He's not the fastest character, but he, it, it he he it really rewards characters that are. Or players that are accurate with the mouse and keyboard, because if you if you just land those shots, you can you can really pick off some like of the lower HP characters. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And and he has he has a real tough time dealing with like the B tier characters because like he's got that fan the hammer move where he unloads all six shots at once. Um, I mean, I'll be in front of like a, a a monkey man. What's his name? Winston. Yeah, Winston. Winston. Like I'll I'll like fan the hammer. Uh, stun him, do like a, a little rolly move that reloads you, and then fan the hammer again, and he, like he's still standing. That monkey still stands. Ah, oh, that monkey! He's really annoying. And yeah. Like in the right hands, I have trouble with him, but sometimes, like I'll see him if, uh, like I'll have a good Winston on my team. He's just like jetting in there. Yeah. He jets out and like. Yeah, a, a Winston, like from what I understand, because he's got that little arc gun, and it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt players further than like six feet away from him right so him like jumping in there like putting up a shield and then like trapping like people like close to him and like just kind of draining away their health and then get the hell out of there like that's that seems like the way to play him i haven't played him very much yet it requires a lot of coordination i Mm -hmm. think because if you just fly in there by yourself even if you throw up the shield uh you're gonna get smoked pretty quickly you need your teammates to come and support you real fast while everyone's attention is diverted on onto the Winston. Yeah, um, and you know, there I've definitely seen teams and different combinations of characters. That, like, what impresses me so much about that game is it did what TF2 did for me the first time around. It came, which was like, like made me rely on my other teammates' certain set of skills. So, like in TF2, I knew I had a, you had an engineer, a medic. A heavy a demo man, like you can expect them. They each have their own roles to play, and this kind of switches it up by because it was just three basic, uh, like roles like attack, defense, support. Uh huh. Yes. But here it adds it 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 um, it sort of divvies up the tank and defense roles to towards different characters, and also there's like twenty for each. Uh, God, that game's so good. Um, it is. It might be the game of the year. Oh, it's funny that you should mention that. <laughs> well, uh, 
We will probably talk about that a little bit later. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to cover with the, either of those games or any other games? Um, uh, not really. I've, I've, uh, I, I'm again. Oh, uh, I wanted to give you a, pers- a Persona Q update. All right. In which I think we may have already talked about this. Uh, my 3DS will crash every time I enter that item shop. Oh my god! I can't progress in that game because anytime I want to buy items. Uh, it, like, the 3DS is like, hey, something's gone wrong. Try restarting the system. Is that, have you emailed Atlas or anything about that? No, I, I haven't. I've, I've just looked around in, the, in, like, forums and stuff, and, like, it, it might be just be, it might just be a problem with my 3DS. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna see if I can find someone with a, with a new 3DS later. And, uh, and and maybe try out the game, see if it works there. Well, that maybe I could weird. progress a little bit. Weird. I don't know anyone who has a 3DS though, so you might be out of luck. God damn it. Well, as for myself, oh god. Hey, hey Bill. Hey, I'm... how you how you feeling, man? What's up with you? Uh, you know, same old, same old. I've been playing a lot of Magic Online lately. Ooh. There, as of this recording, there is a big tournament going on in. Milwaukee next week, so I wanted to practice a lot for that. Are you going to Milwaukee? I am going to Milwaukee. You can play in a ter- Magic the Gathering tournament? To play in a Magic the Gathering tournament. Ah, dope. I've rented a hotel room. I'm going to go with a friend in their car, and it's going to be a lot of fun. <sighs> that sounds right up your alley, yeah, Phil. Um, so, the, this game, it's it's like real proper training, huh? It is. I'm genuinely practicing right now. I'm using a thing that's been recently added now called a draft league. And how Mm. that works is, uh, you know, with Hearthstone, when you're playing the arena, Mm -hmm. you build your deck, you forge your deck, Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of get switched and played against people throughout the whole server. Mm -hmm. Previously, the way the drafts normally work with Magic is it's intended for, like, a table of, like, four to eight people, and you play other people at your table. That's how you normally do it with paper and online followed that. Um, with a draft, do you bring your own deck? You don't. You get uh, usually three sealed booster packs, mm-hmm. and then at, at the start you open one pack, which has 15 cards in it. You select one card out of that pack, mm-hmm. and you give the rest to some the neighbor at your table to your left. Wow. And while you're doing this, the neighbor to your right is passing you 14 cards. Oh man! And when you take ah, ah. you take out of the fourteen cards, you pick one. You pass that. Have you ever played the board game Seven Wonders? Oh, I haven't. I have not. Well, what? for anyone who is listening who's played Seven Wonders, it it is very similar to that in that you're you're moving the packs around the table and then you reverse the uh, rotation. This is like all right. I've so I go to the Dice Dojo uh, pretty frequently uh, here in Chicago. It's on uh, Broadway because I played D and D with my friends there, but. Sometimes we go on nights where there's a draft happening, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That I don't know what's going on, but the part where you don't show up, like, and I, like, I sort of got the feeling that people weren't showing up with their own cards, but holy moly, that is, that sounds totally nuts to me in a way that I can enjoy. Awesome, yeah, it, it is pretty crazy, and it takes a lot of time to get good at it, uh, but what makes the draft leagues so nice is that before you know you are saying you have that one table you play people at your table Mm -hmm. but online there's really no need for that restriction you should be able to play anyone anywhere so they've opened it up now and then you start out 
by doing your draft mm -hmm. with your league or with your eight people. And then after that, you just click, click join match and it pairs you up with someone else on the server who's played the same number of matches as you. Oh, okay. So there's like a, a skill level, like a, a way to match make like that. Right, yeah. yeah. Like if you're zero and zero so far, then you get paired with another zero and zero person. If you're like one and one, you get paired with another one and one person with your overall record. Oh, okay. And it's been such a great way to play and play, get a lot more games in because now you can just, when you're ready, you can just play another match. You don't have to wait for the other people around you to finish mm -hmm. because that's how it used to work when you have just one table. You have to wait for the other people to, so you can repair. And, and also you can just pause midstream too if you need to. If you need to stop after one match, you can just stop and come back tomorrow. Oh, really? Okay, that's pretty cool too. It's been it's been revelatory, I would say. Like the way you're describing it makes it think that uh, Magic the Gathering, if I if I Luis Padilla wanted to get onto Magic the Gathering, um, this that would probably be be the way to do it. I don't know. Is 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 Magic the Gathering online expensive? Is that uh, on Steam? It is okay. Uh, so there are two different versions of Magic Online. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm playing basically the paid version, where you're buying the, uh, pr proxies for real cards. You're paying for digital products. Okay. It has an actual value to it. Because oh, all right. It has an actual value in the sense that, like, you can re if you collect a whole set of cards, you can request a redemption of that, and they will mail you physical versions of those cards. What? Yeah. Oh man. They will. Yeah. That's dope. It's great. I, it's a feature. <laughs> People used to do that all the time. Is they would, like, they would collect all the cards they could and like redeem a whole bunch of sets at once. That's not a free service, is it? No, they I mean, it costs shipping. Okay, but I mean, other than but, that, but like they'll print those cards and just send them. Yeah. To you. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Uh huh. Dang. So there's this that. Is, this is the free to play version. This is the paid version. Okay. So there's another game out there called i think magic duels i think is just what it's called mm -hmm. and that's free to play and they're it but it's the free to play mechanics so you get a certain number of cards and then you can unlock more cards based on playing and hitting certain goals and stuff mm -hmm. but I, I i don't do that i, I just play the the official official air quotes, yeah magic okay. online you don't you don't uh you don't mingle with the filthy casuals i'm not really a casual magic player no no but i've 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 been to your room many a times, and I'll see like magic stuff lying around quite a bit. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. There's a box you're holding me up right now. Yeah. Is this box for an entire deck? Yeah, you put a whole deck in there. <laughs> oh, actually, I could use this. Can I have it? Yeah, you can have it. All right. Oh, dope. Uh, I, I think I talked about before. I do like I do casual play leagues with people mm -hmm. locally, but I mean, my main interest is like competitive, serious play. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty awesome, man. I, uh, I, I, so I may may or may not have mentioned this before, but I was once into a trading card game long ago. Uh huh. Uh, with some friends that were in the competitive scene around where I live. Little game called Yu-Gi-Oh. Never heard of it. Hmm. Well, you'd be you'd be much better person. We'd all be better people <laughs> if that was true. If that was like not a thing. No, uh, it, it's it, it was like I see now that Yu-Gi-Oh was like a, I don't know, it, it was a gateway to Magic the Gathering. I was at New York Comic Con this year, and there was a pretty big Yu-Gi-Oh presence there because they're 
hitting a big anniversary, I think, and they're putting out a new animated movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I know, I know. I still have, like, a good amount of those Yu-Gi-Oh cards lying around. Oh, man. Like, if I wanted to, I could go back to the deck I was using, rolling with when I first started playing. Back in the good old days, and the aught sevens name, and eights. Name the most awkwardly named card in your deck, because I remember Matt, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! has some really weirdly or poorly translated names. The translations were always a problem because the, you know, like in Japanese, hiragana, katakana fits, it's a bit more of a compact writing system. Right. I think the most, like, mysteriously named one I had was called the A-Forces. <laughs> the A-period forces. And, uh... I th- and I think what was, was the A short for? I, you know what? We'll never know. Oh. The, the the card was uh, was supposed to, it was played on the field, and depending on how many warrior class cards you had on the field, each one of them would get a boost, uh, as a, a proportional to how many there were on the field. Uh, and on the picture of the card, it had like a whole bunch of like different like warrior cards, kind of like teaming together. Like, a, like standing against a giant monster, and I was thinking, this is probably a play off the A-team. <laughs> I'm wondering, yeah, that, that would make a semblance of sense, at least. Yeah, it makes a tiny amount of sense. Uh, I'm... Jeez, the, the, the rules... The, when I play Magic the Gathering, the few times I've played it, the rules seem so much simpler compared to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because, like, a lot of... I think Pokemon cards started doing this too where in order to keep it fresh they would like add like these convoluted mechanics on top of like older mechanics so every so every once in a while there's like a a change in the meta of Yu-Gi-Oh like I remember when I was like er, early on like they introduced the idea of fusion monsters which are monsters you can only summon by fusing two cards together and then that that became like outdated because everyone started getting into synchro monsters which are oh. monsters that need to synchronize together not which, fuse not fuse very different ah um original contents do not steal yeah something like that then there was a I don't, I don't know like team like cards that would only like specific cards can combine into one other specific card like there was always a variation on that uh Hey guys, Yu-Gi-Oh is not a very good card game. No, but I but if there was a video game that would let me play it again, I might do it again. All right. There is a game on the PS4. I was reading up about it. A little, I, I talked about it in an earlier episode. Oh yeah, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh Legacy of the Duelist. Is that like a for real trading card game in video game form? It's meant to be like you play through all the matches from the anime. Huh. And but you have to play by the real rules, which I think kind of defeats the purpose. Of... Yeah, the anime never played by those rules. And I think that's I assume that's where some of the issue was because they would make a card in the anime and then they have to like somehow reverse engineer it into a real working card for the game. Yeah, because some of the stuff that happened in the anime was like, oh, you've totally defeated me, but wait, I got this one card that revives like every monster that you've killed like in a like single swipe. Uh, it, the and also like the cards in the TV show never. It was. It never showed like rules on the card. It was just like a picture, right? And maybe some numbers. <laughs> I remember one time it was like there was a guy who was playing like an ocean deck, and he had all these fish. 
Yeah. And he was beating Yugi pretty bad. But Yugi played a monster that destroyed the moon. Not the real moon, but the holographic moon projected into the dueling arena. Yeah. And it caused the tides to change and all the fish drowned. And that was how he won. That sounds dumb. God, you are so stupid. <laughs> I have such contempt for it. I will play it again. <laughs> I hate myself for wanting to play it again. Uh, man, maybe I should just get into Magic. Or even Hearthstone. Another fine Blizzard product. Yeah. Yeah, consider uh, it. Yeah, man. <laughs> games are so good, Bill. They are. They are. There's so many good games out there. What are we doing? Playing a, what are we doing making a podcast? We should be playing video games. What do you think I'm doing after this, Luis? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. So I guess that's the games we've been playing. Yeah, totally. Uh, so then in that case, let's move on to our... Second segment, choose, choose your, your fighter. fighter. And in this segment, Luis and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we're both excited about until only one of us is left standing. Uh, Bill, yeah. I know you call this segment Choose Your Fighter. Yes. But I don't think any of us... Does anyone ever win this? There have been a surprising amount of draws. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Because uh, I, I believe every time I show up, we... We both choose our fighters, yes. and then neither of us win. Well, no, we... Well, yes, we don't win, but we don't lose either. It's, mm. a, it's a draw. We, we've competed against each other mm. in a ritual form of combat, which involves telling each other about a thing that we've learned. All right. I'm ready to extra tell you about my thing. All right, but I get to go first. Fine. So, actually, the morning of this recording, to date mm-hmm. it, which is one of the things they tell you not to do when you make a podcast, uh, was the PlayStation Experience. Yeah, that was today, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, So that was a big event where they talked about a bunch of upcoming games for the PlayStation Mm -hmm. family of systems. Yeah, you know that fine product line? Oh, yeah. Great brand, PlayStation. And I'm not going to go over every one of those games because there were a lot, and some Mm -hmm. of them, frankly, don't interest me. But I was going to cover, like, five games that looked cool to me or were things I was interested in seeing for various reasons. Yeah, let's talk about it, brother. First of those was uh, they are making a remake of the original Parappa the Rapper. Dope, alright. Which is really nice because the original Parappa is basically unplayable on yeah. modern TV. Well, well, and even, alright, I even remember back then, this was like an early rhythm game. Maybe it wasn't completely beatable back then by normal players. No, it Just, was hard. Yeah, it wasn't an easy game. And it was, like, there were, I think, some unexplained parts of how the rhythm works, because, like, you could do the, you could say the action on the beat, Mm -hmm. or you could also, like, kind of freestyle a little bit. There was a freestyle mechanic in there that I think a lot, not a lot of people knew about. I didn't know about it, but you can essentially, like, in between the notes you have to hit, you can just kind of freestyle with other buttons, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really spell out what that means, but... Uh, I, uh, I, Parappa, please make it good, guys. Make, or make it... I mean, I like Parappa the Rapper as a concept. Right. A little rapping dog, rapping about positive things. I, I was very happy. I, I gotta believe that this will be an improvement on what they did before. Mm-hmm. And maybe this will lead to an Um Jammer Lammy. Oh, uh, now we're remake. talking. Yeah. Man. I didn't play Um Jammer Lammy. <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I like the idea of, like, rocking dog girl. Cat girl? Lamb. Lamb. She's, a lamb. she's a lamb? I'm pretty sure she's a lamb. What? She's red. She's got a little... You know what? I'm not going to fight you on this. I thought because her name is Lammy. 
let's move on. Uh, next, <laughs> next up is two, I, I guess I'm more interested in one than the other, but the Yakuza series, which has been coming out for a while here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Yakuza 0 that's coming out in January, but I'm more interested in the game coming out in 2018 mm-hmm. called Yakuza 6. Oh, and, the sixth Yakuza game. Oh, yes. Well, they're doing Yakuza 0, so I guess this is actually the seventh game. <laughs> well, well, the seventh Yakuza game. And, and uh, uh, what makes me interested in this one in particular is that a bunch of New Japan pro wrestling uh, people <laughs> are going to be in it. Yes! <laughs> Woo! Bring it on. So I was, like, reading a little bit about that. Like, uh, I'm guessing that no one else cares about these names, but, like, Okada and Tanahashi mm. are going to be in there. And and so I'm, I'm curious at how that's going to work with the rest I'm, of the story. I think that's... Oh, that game... That game! Uh, it's... It, every step they take to make it more ridiculous than the years before I like appreciate it I don't own a PS4 as you know I'm a, I'm a pretty strict PC gamer um, but god those games look nuts uh, and also like walking around in like a faithfully recreated I don't know Shibuya or like whatever prefecture those got those ta- those games uh, decided to go with I always appreciated it I'm gonna take a look at I think Yakuza 0 because those games were like I feel like they're what people want Grand Theft Auto or they wanted Shenmue to be. It's like yeah. this real open world living experience where you're in a place and not crazy. I, I feel like Shenmue and Yakuza like share a lot of the same DNA. I'd buy that. Where like Shenmue and if you haven't played it, or Giant Bomb also did an endurance run of it. Uh, oh god, I could not finish the endurance run of Shenmue. That game bored me to tears. Even watching it, there were there were, there were those guys make it through pretty all right. Uh, but Do they? but yeah, listen, it's I don't think they're working with some great material. <laughs> like that that is not that is not the most streamable game because like if, if you're putting up like an hour a day, like so that game is divided up by days, right? And uh, there's a good like two weeks where you're like you're working a forklift job and <laughs> oh that's most of your that's most of the game i didn't even get that far in the run i gave up before then i oh man like they're the the whole mechanic of like walking around asking people things like excuse me do you know where there's a barber shop around here oh god and, yep old jen knows where a barber shop is you could ask him but oh rio uh I don't know where a barber... Wait a second. Takashi, I think he's a barber. He would know where a barbershop is. Like, the fucking voice acting in that game is atrocious. I, I heard... Oh, man. I heard anecdotally from, like, the Retronauts podcast mm-hmm. that part of the reason is they looked for people who looked like the characters and cast them. Really? Yeah, they didn't, like, look for seasoned voice actors. They found, like, this guy looks like Ryo. He can do the Ryo role. Yeah, even, like, Rio, like, has the delivery of, like, a wet noodle sometimes. They're all, I don't think there's a good, I mean, part of it's because of the encoding, and the sounds all sound so muffled, and... Yeah, it all sounds a little muffled, it's, but, like, even then you can tell it's... Yeah, Like, absolutely. no one's got any energy in there. Well, whatever, uh, Yakuza's better than that. Yes, yes, so Yakuza 6, and speaking of Giant Bomb... Mm-hmm. Windjammers. Windjammers, baby! County Law! County Law! Windjammers 
is it's probably going to be re-released on the PS4 and the Vita. Uh, I cannot believe this is actually happening. We made it happen, folks. So, if you're not aware, Windjammers is this old Neo Geo game from the early 90s, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a mixture of fris- Ultimate Frisbee and Tennis. Yeah, I mean, it's like, sort of, it's like Extreme Pong, almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Because it, it, it's on a 2D field, you control a character, which is essentially your paddle, and you got, like, a flying disc going back and forth, uh, but... Each of these characters like have special abilities. There's a there's a rule set to getting the disc on your uh, opponent's side. Uh, it's a it's a fun looking it's a fun looking game. It, that game also looks vibrant and has like this kind of incredible soundtrack to it. Got, it's got a real vibe to it, you know. It it is, and it's I think it's a genuinely good game. It's just that it's like become sort of a cult phenomenon because this website Giant Bomb yeah. like will play it all the time on streams or bring it up all the time. They even sold a shirt that is meant to like resemble the Windjammers logo. Yeah. And they like they would keep bringing it up as like a thing they wanted to see re-released and yeah, and and from what I understand, like Sony has had the build the list um initiative for a while which is where people like on social media, Twitter, uh would like shoot them messages about like, "Hey, I want you guys to like bring back this game. I want you guys to make this game happen again." And that's like part of the reason Shenmue Three got announced, I believe. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure it's like giant bombs. So like it is their fault that this it's, is happening because people on their site like thought it was a crazy good idea, so started like talking about like building like adding that to building the list, and apparently there was. Like some licensing, licensing stuff that made that game like hard to make. Like I don't, I don't know whether it was like there was character work in there or it was like nobody could track down the license. Something was up with it because it was made by a company I think Data East. I don't believe that company exists anymore. No, so that's part or, of the or, problem. Or, or not as a video game company at least. Yeah. Uh, so who knows what like magic strings Pony, uh, Pony Sony had to pull. To they, make this happen. They made it work, though, and I'm I am almost obligated to buy this game just for the fact that someone made it actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, man, what a jamming soundtrack, too. Oh, my God. Uh, I really hope there's, like, some sort of PC release for it or something, too. That'd be... I'd, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, my second to last one is Dreadnought. Uh, I didn't see much about this one. It was just, like, a trailer. Mm-hmm. It just looked like... A capital ship tactics game. Like, it showed a lot of capital ships, like, shooting at each other, firing at each other, and I was like, that looks cool. All right. I, I've been hoping for a game like that to exist for capital a long time. Capital ships are cool, man. Yeah. And, and I've never really seen one that really pulled it off, so I'm kind of curious to how that works out. Star Trek Online might have been up your alley. Yeah? Yeah. You control the ship. Oh. But, and that's essentially, like, your character. Oh, okay. I know. not And you have a character and a ship. All right. Or, or or maybe don't play that game because it's not a very good MMO. I'm not going to play that game. All but right. it's interesting that something already existed that is what I was describing. Yeah, there was there was a similar thing. I don't I don't know. I haven't seen Dreadnought, so I can't compare the two. And lastly, probably the biggest announcement that came out of this: Nat Two, baby. Nat Two, we did it. The wait is over. The game that no one wanted is finally back again. Two players. Thank God. Uh, Woo. It's actually going to be The Last of Us Two. All right, Last of Us. All right, let's talk for real. Last of Us Two. Yeah, I. All right. 
I'm kind of happy that it exists, but on the other hand, the first Last of Us, I okay. That game didn't need a sequel. Full disclosure, I've played. I haven't played it, but I know what how the story goes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, there that story was so complete the way it was told originally. It's very hard for me to understand why it was necessary to revisit those characters again. Um. Yeah, I I mean I I bet part of the reason was that game made a lot of money. Yeah, that, that game sold sold very well the first time around, and when they did the remaster, it sold still pretty well. And just like if that's the case, though, then keep it in the same world and do the Walking Dead style. Just mm-hmm. make it so that you uh, you go to a different part of the country. Mm-hmm. Like this game took place in like the east of the country, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the west, go to California. Oh, right. hey, here's another human settlement and another story, independent. And, like, maybe when you're uh, out in the world, like, you see Ellie riding by on a bicycle, and you say, hey, Ellie, and then that's the end of that, and then you just move on with the story that you're telling now. On a bicycle, sure. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't know. I'm not going to judge him yet because, like, I, I agree with you. That game was, like, kind of neatly wrapped up in a little bow and, like, kind of this perfect little game that goes on a shelf and we can all remember it as it was and i think introducing a part two to this kind of in my mind like endangers that perfect little package uh yeah endangers i think is fair because like because here's the thing like i i do like the joel and ellie characters and i think uh as far as like writing goes those characters went into interesting places in that first game so if they can kind of continue that like, make this, like, like if you're going to do it, make it worth my time. Right. And and uh, and I also don't think Naughty Dog as a team to make cash grabs either. Like, I think no. they, they, would, they would make a Last of Us Part 2 because they think they can make a good one of those. Um, like, I, I didn't think they could do it with Uncharted 4. But they made a good one of those. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Uncharted 4, but I will say... But I think they ended it on a stronger note than Uncharted Three. Uncharted, I did not like Uncharted Three very much. Yeah, and I think that like they came to a much more uh, logical and emotionally satisfying conclusion to all those characters, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that that was a good step for them. Yeah, we'll have to see if they can accomplish the same thing with Last of Us Two. Yeah, because because I'm because to be told, I'm not interested in a Last of Us larger universe, uh, or I'm I, or. I don't know. I, w- I was fine with that game ending the way it did before. Right. You don't need to explore the mythology. You don't need yeah. to like know that a clicker was made in a lab by an evil scientist. Yeah, and, I don't need to know. Government. How, yeah, I don't. I don't need to know all that. I don't need to know if they saved the world or not or like whatever. Again, like I'm. I, I do trust Naughty Dog as as creatives to make a good video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the stuff I wanted to mention from PlayStation Experience, mm-hmm. as is the case with the PS4. Usually, it's all stuff that did not come out yet, and like with like the Final Fantasy VII remake, that mm-hmm. who knows where that is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, right, right, man, that, man. Remember when they? Do you remember when they pulled that bait and switch uh, with Final Fantasy VII? No, what? what, what? A while it, it was not during. So they did the. Um, I can't remember which Sony events were for what, but before the Final Fantasy remake got announced, you know. Oh, they, I know they, what you're talking about. They, now. Yeah, they, they, 
they had that uh that re- they just had a remake of the Final Fantasy VII that was on on Steam that they were just porting over to the PS4. But like I remember, I remember I was watching that stream, and they got like the guy from Square to show up. It's like we got a big announcement, guys, and they like kind of had like a little bit of the music going on, and I'm sitting at my computer thinking, oh shit, they're gonna do it, they're really gonna do it, and like here it is, and it's just Final Fan like polygonal ass cloud. Like, on the PS4. <laughs> this is what you wanted, right, guys? Like, just... Ah, they must hate your... You must hate your fans so much, or... I, I don't know. Only Eris has been stabbed through the heart worse than Final Fantasy fans there. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not even that much of a fan. Like, I, I've... I've actually played, like... More, I, I played a lot of the Game Boy Final Fantasies. Turns out, those are actually just ports of... Uh, Secret of Mana and... Uh, saga. So they weren't actually Final Fantasies. Oh, the my... Final Fantasy Adventure games? I played Final Fantasy Adventure and Final Fantasy, Fantasy Legacy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I played both of those start to finish, and neither of those are actually Final Fantasies. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, but there was another event this week. There was. Yeah, the Game Awards. The Game Awards? Yeah. Not even the Gamies? Not even the Gamies, oh. not even the Intergalactic Space Monkeys. The... This is the, the, the spiritual successor to the Spike TV Awards. Uh, yeah. Game Awards. God, those were always a mess. Like, and I remember year by year, they would get a little bit better, but there was always, like, some dumb thing. Like, I think there was, like, Hottest Babe in a Video Game, brought to you by Crest Soap. <laughs> like, just, or there, there was even, like, I think there was, like, a, a most Mountain Dew moment. Oh, God. Uh, and... I'll give you one guess to which game won that. Did it involve a chief who's the master? Oh, you bet your ass it did. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, uh, master Chief is oh only the, the most oh boy. Mountain Dew chugging bro. But this like, seems a little better. The Game Awards. All right, so Jeff Keighley, who hosted those, does the Game Awards now. And from what I understand... He did one last year, pretty much, like, financed by him. Wow. Yeah, like, it was his money from what I heard, but uh, I could be wrong on that. I, this year, I believe, like, he's gotten some some deals worked out, and that's a bit better, working a bit better for him. But it's truly, like, his own thing that he's organized. He's gotten, like, a lot of outlets to participate as judges. So, like, you know, people from, like, Game Informer, GameSpot, Giant Bomb... Like, they're all judges on a panel of judges for the Game Awards. Um, and I I think these are important for two reasons. One, because I, I I think it's important for the industry to come together in a way and celebrate itself and, like, the important things that happen in it. And two, a lot of games get announced on there, and sometimes some crazy stuff get, happens, too. Why don't you mention or tell okay. us about... Okay, uh, so I, I have a list of things that I wanted to talk about. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's like 20 things on here. Can confirm, 20 things. Uh, I see them. But uh, I'm going to skip right to the end, what everyone waited to the end of that show for, Game of the Year. Huh. Overwatch, baby. County Law. County Law. Uh, is that this episode title? 
we said it like four times now, so... Counting along! <laughs> uh, God, that game is real good. I'm, I'm, I've only been a week into it. I'm glad that it won. Uh, but they were kind of talking about in their acceptance award how, like, hey, Overwatch isn't just a game. It's about a message. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a message? Yeah, it, it's like a, me- like a message of positivity and about being a force of good in the world. Because, you know, that game's about heroes and stuff. And it is, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess. Watch, I watch those Need the Character videos and I get a little, I get a little soft in my heart. All right. Um, uh, they showed a trailer for Death Stranding. Oh boy! <laughs> all right, all right. Speaking of crazy things, uh, Death Stranding. What the hell is that game? That is what I want to know. Like, yeah. I have no, I can't really get excited about it because I don't know what game it's going to be. This is a uh, game. I'm imagining our the members of our audience know what that game. Like, have, have at least seen those trailers. But if you're listening and you haven't seen those trailers, watch them right now. It's pro- yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is best if you watch them. I'll try to post a link. There's there's no there's no way I can like do any amount of visual justice to what is happening in these trailers. It's it's the it's the latest Hideo Kojima game after he got fired slash quit from Konami, whatever happened there. Uh, but all right, so Guillermo del Toro's in this game. Yeah, that's and, 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 happening. And and not and by when I say in this game, I don't mean he's helping create it. There in the trailer, there is a fully modeled polygonal version of Guillermo del Toro. Right. And uh, this trailer, like he's holding like a little tank thing, and like he's hiding underneath this bridge, and a tank drives over it, and this tank has, like, tentacles, like, coming out of it and, like, skeleton bones hanging. And it's followed by all these soldiers who are also skeletons. Uh, then Guillermo del Toro takes a little, like, tube attached to the, the, the this jar that he has. He, like, plugs it into himself and then, like, does a little... And the tube lights up and then a baby shows up in the jar! I know we said we couldn't do the description justice, but I think they did it justice right there. Oh, what? And, and then, and then, like, this, like, oil slick in, like, under the bridge that he's standing on, like, brings this, like, baby doll, like, floating along with it, and the camera follows it, and then underneath the bridge, more skeleton sh- soldiers, and then oh, who amongst them but uh, actor of s- screen and stage, Mads Nicholson. And, and I was reading a, a article on Polygon about how everything he's in, he always has like some sort of fucked up eyes, like Casino Royale, eye scar. Uh, he was in Doctor Strange. He's got like these deep, deep in eye scar thingies, and in this game, he's got like his eyes on fire. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's like he's a soldier, and like he's controlling like these skeleton soldiers with like chains a- attached to him. And then, all right, so then, like, he takes off his glasses, his sunglasses to show he's Mads Nicholson, and then, like, his helmet, like, sort of, like, just disintegrates, like, it dematerializes on his head, and he's just staring into the camera. What's up, I'm Mads Nicholson? This game is crazy! I don't even, I don't, you know, I don't even, I can't, I can't even say that. I don't know what this game is. We'll have to see, I guess. The Uh, trailer, at least, is crazy. Yeah, uh, it's it's exactly what I expected from Hideo Kojima, or or I don't know. Like I feel like he was at some, 
Konami, and they were like, keep on making Metal Gear, because that's what makes money. Don't make your own crap. Oh, but speaking of Hideo Kojima. All right. Uh, he got honored at the Game Awards uh, as the industry icon of the year. And the speech that Jeff Keighley gave to Hideo, like, you could tell, like, there was a lot of emotion on that stage. Like, Jeff, like, being very honest about, like, what what happened to this man last year was a tragedy. He had everything taken away from him. Uh like, we couldn't even hand him this award, and he was holding, like, one of the Game Awards awards, which is, like, a... It's a, and it's a, like, pretty classy award. It's, like, a really polygonal angel lady. Huh. Um, and, it's, and it looks kind of heavy, too. But it was Jeff Keighley saying, like, yeah, I've been trying to give you this award for a long time now. Um, and, again, like, what... Like, he kept on saying, like, it was, like, a travesty. Uh... And, like, I've never met a person with more character and honesty in my life. So tonight, I give you this award, like, Hideo Kojima, you are the industry icon of the year. And, like, it was, like, watching it, I kind of felt, like, I didn't feel teary-eyed, but I was like, man, this is, like, if I was closer to this, I could, like, I could see Hideo Kojima just, like, maybe shedding a tear over it. And, and it was, and even in the speech, Hideo Kojima's English ain't that great, but, uh, but in there, he said, uh, yeah, let, last year, I thought I lost everything. But it turns out I lost nothing because of you guys. Oh, Yeah. It's really a bit strange for the game industry to, like, lionize a creator like that. And probably good for the overall health, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, Hideo Kojima, like, like history lesson here. Like, he got, like, totally effed over by Konami. He got... Yeah, fired essentially fired from his job. And... Would, what we know is that they they fired him, mm-hmm. and they tried to take away his credit for the game, which I think was bad. Yeah, but we don't know what he was like or what was going on behind the scenes. And well, it, it, Konami, like as a whole, it, like everything at that place was on fire. Like I even heard like stories about PR reps like having a tough time contacting people because their emails like constantly rotated around. Like, Konami was, like, an actively oppressive employer to a lot of its employees. Uh, so, I, I think it was good. On, and that and this is one of the reasons that I think the industry awards are good. Like, the game awards by Jeff Keighley are good. The Keighleys, if you will. <laughs> uh, and he, I don't know, it's, I, I really do think it's important for people in that industry to get together and celebrate what's good about them and then you know, kind of, like, address the bad. <laughs> and okay, Konami, you know, the, Konami's kind of on the, the, the on the spectrum leaning towards bad. Uh, like, what they're doing with Metal Gear, what is it, Survive? Have you heard about that? I have. I mean, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a game. It's a game. I mean, I don't know if I'd put Metal Gear's name on it. I don't uh, know that, like, probably Kojima would not do that exact thing, but... I feel like it's a very Kojima thing to be like, actually, there's a time rift and everyone goes to another reality where there are zombies everywhere. Like, that feels like a very... I feel like that's not his brand of crazy. That's like someone got in a meeting room was like, hey, we need to do something crazy. What's crazy? Zombies. Let's do that. Hmm. Zombies also sell well. Let's put it... Like, that's what I'm... Whatever. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Also, like, I think uh, Guillermo del Toro... Just very on like 
publicly on his Twitter. She was made of symbols status that said fuck konami yeah i that was pretty great <laughs> guillermo the turtle um but yeah those were like the main things that i thought were pretty interesting about that i mean there was a couple games shown legend of zelda breath of the wild that game looks really good it looks like a skyrim with legend of zelda in it excited can't i i really i really want to play that game that game looks good um mass effect andromeda 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 that looks good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited for that. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just going down this like real quick down this list. Uh, Inside one best art, you know the game by uh, Playdead, the guys that made Limbo. Oh right, yeah. Like, I really want another reason to play it. Uh, Gamer of the year. <laughs> I did not know. I I knew the guy's face when I saw it. I did not know that YouTube handle. Yeah, Boogie twenty nine eighty eight. And I have a lot of opinions about kind of like where, what YouTube has done to gaming. But it's nice that they kind of address this guy kind of humanistically. Because the first video they show of him is him taking a rock band guitar and then smashing a drum set with it. Yeah, I think that's like his his thing. Yeah, he like he does these giant tantrums. Mm. I mean, I'm sure he's a regular guy, but that's like his character. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is too. Pokemon Go wins best mobile game. Makes sense. Suck on that. Everyone else that's a hater. Um, Shovel Knight. There's a uh, something a like torment. a prequel. Yeah, it's Specter of Torment. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like a Castlevania like inspired game. I'm in. Yeah, it looks really good. Just took it to my veins. Yeah, just put it in there. Switch it on. Oh, I hope it's on the Switch. Uh, and pray. Uh, Prey looks good. You could turn into a coffee cup in that game. That's part of the trailer. You turn, they, they show the guy turn into a coffee cup. Like, alright, so there's an, apparently an ability in that game where you could just take the shape of a thing in front of you. Alright. Uh, and the character needs to get on the other side of this, like, kind of receptionist glass. And there's, like, that little, like, little slip underneath that you put, like, envelopes in. So obviously you can't fit there. But what can fit is this, like coffee cup right next to it so then he turns into a coffee cup and like it hops up <laughs> it hops up a couple times to go through like the little hole in the glass and then he turns into a man again that's real dumb it's real dumb i want to play that game I, let's see where it goes I'm, I'm curious all right um but yeah that's uh mostly my list oh yeah they have a best esports gamer of the year now Oh, all right. Yeah, that's not my thing, but cool. Yeah, well, um, like you know, I like Counter Strike. The Counter Strike gun guy won. Oh, it, it's like they. Ha it seems like they had a gamer for every competitive game, a Street Fighter guy, like a Smash Brothers guy, uh, Starcraft, Dota, and I say Counter Strike already. I probably did, but the Counter Strike dude won. Good for him. He's a good player. He's a Brazilian guy. Awesome. Cold yeah. Zera, check him out. It sounds like this is. I don't know if this is was how they presented it with Spike, but that they are capturing a lot of different avenues of gaming, yeah. of the gamers, of the people who make the games, and the games themselves, which I think is good. It enriches the whole experience. And Yeah, and a lot of that stuff's just up on YouTube. They don't, like, there's not, like, a lot of ad support for it. Well, I mean, Keeley is a YouTube employee, right? That's his thing? Is that his thing, though? I thought it was his thing. I don't know what he's doing anymore. Okay, let's find out. <laughs> Fact-checking on the middle of a podcast. This is the research song. This is my research song. It isn't very long. I put
pull out my smartphone. Jeff Keighley is a Canadian video game journalist and television presenter. He was most known for hosting the video game show Game Trailers TV. No, he doesn't work for YouTube. I, I, I think he's just on his own now. Ah. Hold on a sec. I gotta type in one thing for you, Jeff it is actually. It's funny, though, because I was reading that they did a copyright notice on the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. So the whole award show was muted for a while on YouTube. Really? Yeah. So this is the image I was telling you earlier about. With, okay, Jeff Keighley and a giant of... Mountain Dew Master Chief and Doritos. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it, but again, Classic. He's, he's got a, he's got a, and then like people started calling him Dorito Pope, <laughs> uh, which I think is unfair because I think he knew what he was doing and he think he has a sense of humor about it. <laughs> Which is why he tells people his favorite game is Doritos Crash Course. Well, how could it not be everyone's favorite game? I'm more of a, 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 a like sneak king. How about that? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, that's a good game, but you're the king. you're the Burger King, sneaking around. Bur- God, those games were dumb too. Bur- Burger King made video games. Man, what a what a time to be alive. Uh, yeah, but that's pretty much the game awards, like or, or that, and or the stuff that I liked of it. All right, that I thought is worth talking about. Well, then in that case, I would say that brings this segment of Choose Your Fighter to a draw. Damn it! Ah, draw. Ah, uh, I want. We're gonna need like someone to to to, to, to just be an un- impartial judge. Well, they they can impartially judge, but I, but I am the host, and I am very partial. Mm. Folks, if you're listening, tweet at me at agent underscore Eli. <laughs> Tell me I am the winner. Luis, aside from that, is there anywhere else you'd like people to find you, either digitally or in person? Oh, uh, well, that was my Twitter, at agent underscore Eli. Uh, I'll post nothing there. <laughs> uh, actually, I think I do more with my Instagram, which is the same thing, at agent underscore Eli. Uh, so follow me there. Uh, I... I will have a couple shows going up in January uh, where I'm planning to have my teams show up at the new new show, Playground Theater, Wednesdays. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll put up some information about that. As well as the Conservatory Theater where my team, who won the Improv Gladiators last year, Woo! have our four-week run there. Uh, stay tuned to find out what exactly that is because it's going to be real funny. I, we are waiting with bated breath. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, just so follow me on Twitter. And actually, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to complain about my living situation and how I don't want to move. Uh, uh, okay. So follow me for that. Oh, okay, on Twitter. Okay, okay. On Twitter. And as for us, we can be reached by email, so many bits podcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. We're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. You can listen to us on iTunes. Please download, rate, review, subscribe, or on SoundCloud. And last but not least, check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. County Law! County Law. <laughs>